Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Our guest today is Marta Fisher, who is an ultra runner who was inspired to get more women into ultra running after being one of only 15 women to start the Hard Rock 100 in 2021. But rather than start an all-women's running club or an all-women's race, Marta, with the expertise and help of a number of other women, have now started Women Who FKT, the goal of which is to increase female participation in FKTs, And not only that, but to also increase the communal aspect of the pursuit of FKTs and the knowledge sharing and the rest. So in this conversation, you're going to get to hear more of the origin story of Women Who FKT. And Marta also does a nice job of showing where this whole Women Who FKT movement may go and what some of the group's near-term goals are. And so with that, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Marta Fisher. Here we go. Well, Marta, how are you today and where are you today? Um, I, I'm doing great. I am just sitting at home um, in the uh, in the back bedroom right now. Got plans for the weekend, but not off doing anything exciting yet. Okay. And where is so- home? Uh, home is in Portland, Oregon. Um, yeah, I've been living here in this area for about the last 10 years now. Okay. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in eastern Washington. Um, most most of my growing up, I feel like in many ways, I'm more of a Westerner, really, than I am like a, a Washingtonian or even an Oregonian. Um, I grew up most of my mostly in eastern Washington, um, went away to college, and then for Oh, a good 10 or 15 years, I was kind of all over the West, you know, like raft guiding in Colorado, graduate school in Arizona, teaching outdoor ed in California, and then a job with the Forest Service where I was actually working all over the all over the Rocky Mountains, um, like technically based out of Utah, but doing a lot of work in Arizona and ending up in Montana for a good couple of years um, before that job had some really lovely aspects to it. One of them being, you know, horse packing trips for work into the Bob Marshall wilderness. Um, but it also meant that I wasn't home enough to like make friends. Uh-huh. Um, so that got old at one point and I ended up taking another job in Portland and have been here since then. So I'm sorry. So that was about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago now. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, well, in that nice history of yours, you didn't mention the word running once. I did not. I haven't yet mentioned the <laughs> word running. Uh, I've been running since uh, I took it up in high school by, by starting running cross country and track. And it's kind of been my my safe place, I guess, for the last for, for all of that time that all, everything in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I took up running for, you know, high school and college and track and cross country. Um, and then uh when I wasn't in school, I was just kind of running just on my own for fun for a while, just a, a you know hobby. When I was in graduate school in Flagstaff, Arizona, that was when I started moving towards the trails. You know, like my focus at that point was uh, was really more graduate school, but 
Flagstaff is a gorgeous place. Uh, it's got some great trails. And um, once I became a little bit more stable in Montana, that's when I really started doing like returning to racing again. And it was on the trails almost immediately. Um, I was in Helena, which is a great place to trail run. I had, I think it was like five different sets of trailheads that were within a mile of my house. So, you know, they, they all kind of connected up. The best trails really were out of town, but I could get on trails from my front door and that was fabulous. Sorry, what did you go to grad school for? Forestry. Forestry, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's how I ended up, uh, you know, in the wildernesses um, during my work hours. So yeah, and I've um, I'm no longer working in the field. I'm I'm a little more dusk bound, but you know, like that still is part of my background. <laughs> yeah, I want to kind of fast forward things to the 2021 Hard Rock 100. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean it's often just you know reason for celebration. You got to run Hard Rock. I did, yes. <laughs> so uh, when did Hard Rock become, you know, something on your wish list? Like, man, I just would really like to try my hand at that race someday. I think I may have actually started thinking of it. But, uh, no, I, I don't think it was on my, it was, I, I'd heard of it um, around the time that I started doing ultras. There was a guy in Helena who's a, who's a veteran and he's still running it. And, uh, I remember hearing about him doing it. And when I decided to do my first hundred, I chose Leadville because I do like, I I just really love being above tree line anywhere you can get there. (laughs) And so like, I think in my mind already, I was like, well, I'll do Leadville and it'll go great. And then I'll do the next thing. And then, and like hard rock was kind of in there, but it wasn't the goal. Um, Leadville was actually a disaster. Hmm. (laughs) And so I I was not sure I would ever run another hundred again when I finished Leadville. But giving it another year, I was like, okay, I'll give it another shot. And I did put in for the Hard Rock Lottery that year, Um, although it wasn't like the thing. And uh, I ran my second 100 uh, two years later. So I don't remember. Yeah, two years after Leadville, I ran my second 100, which is Cascade Crest. And I was so terrified that it would be the the disaster that I'd had at Leadville that I took care of myself really well and got into uh, got into Hayek, like the halfway point of the race, and was in like fourth place and feeling great. Like my, I was an hour ahead of my best projected schedule. My crew was still napping in the car. And since that's kind of local, I was able to be like, well, if you see Renee and Jason, tell them I started and I'll see them at the next aid station. And they did get woken up enough that my pacer was able to run after me when I was just like barely out of the aid station. But, you know, like that was just a totally different experience. And so after that, I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing hard rock. Mm. I am in the lottery. Um, I started going down and volunteering when I could, which wasn't every year, but, you know, like I could volunteer some. Um, And then uh, when I did get into hard rock, well, I should say I did not actually get into hard rock i got onto the wait list and you know sixth place Hmm. in 2019 and then it was canceled because of the avalanches and then it was or the because of the snow and then it was canceled because of covid um and in the meantime like i had actually been injured a good part of like 2018 2019 and was not sure I, I was not going to, I, I was, I told my crew, I was like, I'm not stopping unless they have to pull me off for medical reasons. Like if they have to hold me overnight in the hospital, then 
then I will stop. But if it's a day trip to the ER, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, I am finishing this, no way. But there was definitely a thought in my mind when I started the race. Like training had been going well, but um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I'd been able to put in as much as I could because hmm. I'd been worried about getting injured more than I was worried about not finishing. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, there's a thought in my mind that this could go fine. And also, I might decide that hundreds are maybe out of the picture for me anymore. Huh. And I did have some problems in Hard Rock that I didn't anticipate. They were, I just got like some real bad blisters that meant I couldn't downhill. And, and that made it real slow. But they were not the knee problems that I'd been having with my injuries. And so like even though I had a, real, a much longer day than I expected, I, I finished. And I felt like I got ultra running back. You know, like I felt like okay, no, I'm, I'm still doing this. I'm still an ultra runner. I'm still a hundred mile runner and I've still got some good, um, runs left in me, you know? So, so that was kind of how I finished like r real generally overall, very high. And also like, gosh, I hope, it, you know, it was much longer out there than I really wanted. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I, I hear that can be a thing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it can be. And, you know, it, it also makes me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm totally ready to go back. And I'm like, concretely, I, I can do better next time. Yeah. So talk a bit more about some of the other elements of running that race and kind of what you were seeing and the kind of community around you and the like, because this is an important part, right, of your story. Yeah, it, it very much is. Um, one of the things that happened before Hard Rock is that Trail Sisters sponsored a, um, you know, like women in ultra running kind of thing. And they invited all of us to uh, to show up, all, all the women who were in Hard Rock, which was, I think, like there were 15 of us. And, you know, A, you know, it's kind of cool to be invited on a panel when you're just like random runner, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but also to be like, wait, there are only 15 women. And, you know, you know, ultra running's a sport with, that's kind of male dominated. Um, but sometimes you don't actually stop to think about it, you know? Um, so that kind of got me thinking. And I called my coach the night before she was like, you know, check in, let me know how you're doing. And I just come off that panel and I was kind of like, you know, like I still want to do my best. But I also felt like I was in it with a team after that. I'm like, I want all these women to get to the finish line. And I definitely did make a little bit of a little bit of a effort. Like anytime I was near another woman, I'd kind of like check in. Um, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily explicitly we're all doing it together, but it made me feel better to check in to be like, hey, I met you at the panel last night. How you doing? Let's go together for a while. Hard Rock does... It's interesting because longtime hard rockers do talk about like the family feel. And there were definitely some times where I felt that. And then there were other times where you were supposed to kind of like know everything what to do. And I, I even though I'd gone down there and volunteered, like in some ways it didn't feel quite the way that it's always advertised. Um, and I don't think anybody was being mean. I think a lot of it is just that it is, it does tend to be a lot, a community of people who come back often every year. You know, like there's a large group of people that are there every year, every couple of years, and everybody kind of knows everybody. And if I'm still a new person in that group. Um, so, you know, it, it felt like I both felt the community at times. And then there were other times where I'm like, apparently, you know, it's just me. It's just a normal race, you know? Hmm. So, hmm. yeah. A significant part of this experience was I take it 
noticing there were maybe about and only 15 other women. Um, they, they announced during that meeting that they're going to do some things to try to keep the proportion of women a little bit higher. And, you know, like, that's great. Um, I, I think they're making the effort they can within a kind of complicated lottery system. At the same time, when you think about that, that's really a pull from the top, you know, like that's the sort of thing that once you've already done the effort of doing one of these very specific hundred mile races, then you can say, oh, maybe I'm ready for hard rock. But it's not so much of a push from the bottom to say, no, you should you should try to take on one of these more ambitious hundred mile races. Um, yes, you are ready for the the more difficult hundred miler or the more intimidating hundred miler. Um, and so, although I wouldn't have identified that at the time, like that did feel like, okay, yeah, this is one step, but but it's not the only step in getting more in getting more women involved in the sport, in getting more women out, you know, to, to put in for the for the lottery for that, or or for that matter, taking on some of the more difficult challenges that are out there in the in the running world. So I, I came out of Hard Rock definitely feeling like, hey, just having run that race, I am now a leader in the in the ultra running community, you know, in Portland, among other women, um, and that got reinforced. You know, there's no other race that you come back and people are like, "Hey, Marta, I've never met you before, but I heard you ran Hard Rock." Huh. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did." As a matter of fact, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So I felt like I was a leader, and I also didn't know what to do with that. So, so, kind of, you know, I'd been working on this Hard Rock goal for seven or eight years at that point, and you finish a big goal like that, it's not like you just, you're like, well done that, on to the next thing. You're like, you kind of need a little time to figure out what's next. Um, and, and, you know, is there anything else that, that I want to work on? What else do I want to do in the meantime? So I was, um, I was looking at maybe taking on some FKTs um, myself. And, you know, I'd look and I'd be like, oh, this doesn't have a woman's time and that doesn't have a woman's time. And it, it got kind of overwhelming, you know, like <laughs> I keep I keep feeling with all these roots, like uh, like if you throw the whole bucket of tennis balls out for the dog and the dog tries to pick them all up and they inevitably don't fit in their mouth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was out there like picking up balls. Oh, I'll do all the I'll do this and this and this and this and this. But really, it, it wasn't reasonable that I could keep, I, I could think about doing all of the things that I wanted to do. Um, so that was kind of all brewing in my mind until I suddenly had this thought, like, wait a sec, what if, what if the, these FKTs aren't just me? What if I get some other women together and we try to take this on as a group effort to set times on a lot of the routes that, that don't have a time recorded? Huh. Say more about that. What do you what do you mean when you say what if it was more of a group effort? Well, like if if I go out there, let's if I don't quit my job, I can reasonably take on, you know, let's say somewhere in the neighborhood of five to ten FKTs. The more ambitious FKTs I sign up for, you know, if I sign up for a bunch of long ones, I probably can't do as many. But like like doing the ambitious ones would be great. So let's say that's five to 10. But what if I got 20 women and we all took on two? <laughs> you know, that's a whole bunch of routes that could that could then get some time. So, um, so that's kind of, you know, 
that was kind of where the whole thing started. Now, when it started, I was like, sure, I'll recruit a couple of friends. I'm thinking five women, 10 women, a couple of people I know. Um, and so eventually I introduced it, you know, when I got a little more comfortable with the idea, yeah, this is a good idea. Um, you know, I sort of was like, hey, what do you think of this? And everybody that I talked to just immediately got very excited about it. Um, and it wasn't until <laughs> wasn't until I had a small team of people around me that we had a little organizational meeting about what does this mean that we kind of came to the idea of making it, you know, just kind of an open invitation um, to say, hey, what can we do together um, by by trying to get women to set FKTs, trying to get new women to set FKTs and doing it as a as a cooperative effort as as a team, you know, where, where it's like. I'm here to support you. You're here to support me. We're all here to cheer each other on. We can, you know, talk about it because this is new for a lot of people. And then the other thing is when you're looking at a first FKT, especially on a route that's um, a little bit remote and not commonly run, you know, there's not an existing time. There's no measure out there. So, you know, if let's say Courtney DeWalter is the first person to run this route, then that time's going to be there for years until somebody decides to go out and break it. But what if you just have a normal woman <laughs> go out there and set a first time on a route that's uh, that's that's a little bit obscure, so not something people are, you know, setting Strava times on all the time. Normal woman goes out there and sets, sets a time, then that means her buddy, who's maybe a little bit faster, is like, wait a sec, I should be able to go out there and beat that time. And so then you have like a progression where like, you know, several people before someone like a, you know, an elite athlete comes out and sets that elite time on it. So like, that was a, a cool thought of mine that, that, you know, it would be really great instead of just having like one time and this is the fast time and we all sit there in awe mm -hmm. to open it up with a, with a time that is an opener. You know, mm -hmm. it's the start of a conversation to say, hey, maybe this is fast. Yeah, so that is, um, I guess we haven't really introduced the name. So <laughs> the name we ended up deciding on was uh, was Women Who FKT. So, hmm. yeah. And so who is we? Who is the we there? You said we ended up coming up with the name Women Who FKT. Yeah, um, we is, um, well, in one sense, there are five of us who are organizing it. Um, there is uh, Danielle Snyder, who is my coach, you know, so she kind of was in at the very early level. Um, there's Stacy Lee, who, who was uh, one of my pacers at Hard Rock. So, you know, she was obviously somebody that I'm like, what do you think of this idea? And she just immediately, we were having a text conversation. I remember being really nervous because she did get back to me after I first introduced it. And I'm like, she thinks this is a terrible idea. And instead it turned out she was Googling some routes she'd been interested in. She came back and she's like, these routes that I've always wanted to do don't have any times on them. Huh. <laughs> um, so, so that was, uh, that was like, Oh, this, this has some legs. This is going to go. Another one is, um, Dana Katz, she's another coach in the Portland area, and she just has like this boundless enthusiasm that has really helped to draw people in. Um, and Terry Smith is uh, is the last one, and she's um, she's got a great 
eye for well she's a photographer so she's got a great eye but also a good kind of like social media and she's been leading a lot of those efforts for us so it is good that there's a team effort because if this were just me it's way more work than i can do on my own so we've been working together to uh, to pull it together and things are formally set to kick off um in early june do i have this correct um Yes, and they've already formally kicked off, but we're having kind of a season opener. Um, we, we sort of kicked this off in December saying, hey, let's think about this because it takes time. You know, an FKT, you can't just show up and have the, the trail marked. You know, you got to go out there and scout it and that sort of thing. Um, but we did want to have something that would kind of like be a big be a big push to kind of get everybody to turn around and, and take notes. So we are trying to designate June 4th and 5th as our like season opener weekend. And we'd like as many people to go out and set FKTs or as many women, I should say, to go out and set FKTs in that one weekend as possible, because that'll really, you know, that'll really show up if suddenly there's a weekend where there's, you know, three times as many FKTs who are set and it's all different women on, on new and interesting routes. So. Okay, well, I want to maybe circle back a little bit. I, I'm kind of a sucker. Like, I love sort of the origin stories of ideas and how things get to become a thing. And I, I want to so just circle back a little bit. You mentioned that when you were kind of like trying to figure out, well, what am I, what am I going to do now after Hard Rock? Mm -hmm. You started noticing that there were just a lot more uh, FKTs with men than with women on routes and the like. And so now, again, these motivations can and the thinking about these things can absolutely change over time and kind of crystallize over time. But was your thought more like, well, there just should be more there just should be more names up here and times by women, routes done by women? Or was it thinking like, I just want to get more people, more women into the space? Again, coming off Hard Rock, there was maybe 15 of you. You know, it. I, I guess I'm still curious, like at the origin, was it more like there just should be more men and women up here? Or, or when did it become about increasing participation? Um, I think when I first really thought about it, um, I think that really was more about really it's kind of a shame that there's not like that that all of these routes don't have times, you know, like at, at least like an opening time, at least some kind of, you know, maybe it's not a fast time, at least some kind of proposal that's mm -hmm. like, hey, maybe this is fast. Yeah. Um, so the initial thing was was, hey, these these should just have times on them like that's just needed. As it developed, it did become more about getting more women involved, um, like especially as it as it grew, you know, like it really seemed like a nice place to I don't I, I don't think we're introducing women to trail running. I don't think you're ready to take on an FKT because you're ready to like start a sport. I think it's a little bit more of like a nice way to move up a step. And one of the things that I think is kind of nice about FKTs is that there's all kinds of levels where you can move up a step. Um, you know, you can move up a step in distance, you can move up a step in 
um, difficulty of route because there's, you know, like there's a lot of options for going off trail for doing multi-day routes. Um, and then of course there, there is also speed. Um, you, you can take up a step by being like, okay, I'm going to see how fast I can go on my own, just pushing myself on this like nice flat, like rails to trails route. Um, so it provides, I think a lot of opportunities for women who want to try out taking something different, doing something exciting. And, um, and so, you know, like the more we got into it, the more it became about wanting to bring more women in and to create a community to help other women, you know, come in and to help other women take a step up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. I mean, on the one hand, right, you're again, coming back to the experience at Hard Rock and you're like, ah, there's not too many of us out here. Instead of being like, well, we're just going to start a whatever, uh, women's only race in Portland or something like that, right? You, you could have done that. You could have set up the kind of group event. This is kind of interesting because in a way, FKTs are kind of the solitary thing, right? And yet you're finding ways to kind of crowdsource and encourage that is one of the things I love about it, actually, is, yeah, the FKT itself um, may be a solitary or, or you know, sometimes done by like one or two people. Yeah. But if you think about it, there there are lots of different places where people um, may have questions, you know, like we've had a lot of discussions within the group about what it means to be supported versus unsupported versus self-supported yeah. because that's all new for people. So even though the event itself um, is solitary, that, that means if you're just coming into FKTs on your own, you don't have a great place to ask those questions and to try to find your way in. Um, so like finding our way in as a group, I think has been helpful for a hmm. lot of people. I like that. And then the other thing is that there's sometimes some different skills that you need as you move between these different areas of running. You know, like I have in my background, both um, both the running, but also like the backpacking. And, you know, I know how to filter water and I've thought about carrying weight. And, you know, like those are those are all skills that not everybody has. People are coming to this from different places. They're coming to trail running, having moved over from road running and having not done maybe a ton of backpacking and hiking. Or, you know, maybe they haven't done a lot of off-trail navigation or, you know, like there's there's all kinds of different combinations there. Um, and so even though in the end your FKT may be a solo event, there are still places where you're like, hey, I could use some help figuring this out. Like I'm creating a new route and I don't know how to do the mapping. And that those are all things that we can help each other with. Makes good sense. And... I guess another thing is if somebody is thinking about this, but they aren't ready to take it on their on their own, we do sometimes need, hey, I could use some help scouting. Hey, I could mm. use some crew. Hey, I could use somebody to help me shuttle. And that's another way to like get a view of it. Much like when you go to an ultra, oftentimes your pacer or your crew might be somebody who's thinking about doing this in the future and kind of wants to see what it's like. Yep. I love this answer because it kind of shines a light when I'm calling FKTs kind of a solitary pursuit, that's just actually not true. 
especially for people that are trying to learn about this world and get into it. And I think I think you've appropriately answered like, yeah, that's that's actually probably a very wrong way to think of these things. Um, especially as we're trying to get people into it who don't already have their crew and the rest, um, which is quite a barrier to entry then, right? There's a lot of friction, um, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're just going to your first, uh, if you're going to your first ultra, um, you know, like you, you don't know yet. If, if you want to do a hundred and you hear that people have crew and pacers, how do you find that crew and pacers? Right. If you're still new to the community, um, you know, once you're established, you're like, well, I asked so-and-so last week and let's talk to, um, you know, let's, let's, let's talk to other people about who might be available and you, you have an into the community, but you don't always have that entrance if, if you're new. So, yeah. So, can you tell us a bit more about, again, back specifically to the Women Who FKT project? Um, how is the project designed? What are its goals? Are these things still, you know, going to evolve over time? Where are you today? I mean, you mentioned the June 4th, June 5th kind of, you know, launch. Um, but say just a bit more about where we are today with this. Yeah, well, when when uh, when we our, our you know leadership team was thinking about what to do with this, it's it's interesting because the goal could be very expandable. You know, like this could be an international effort, <laughs> and yet, like I I don't think I have the energy to make this an international effort. So we were kind of talking around some di- different goals and said, oh, well, maybe it'd be good to set this many or that many. And somebody noticed they were like, well what if we just said we want to beat the men? <laughs> you know, we want to send more women's FKTs than men's this year. Hmm. And that's a very concrete goal. So hmm. um, so we settled on that as kind of being our main goal is um, we're calling it Flip the Statistics. And we're specifically focused on Oregon and Washington for that specific goal. Um, we want to flip the statistics in Oregon and Washington and have more women set FKTs than men in the coming year. So that's kind of our our main goal. Um, But like, because somebody's coming from California, we don't want to leave them out. And so like, certainly anytime anybody tells us about an FKT, we try to brag about it. We're a little bit slow. I'm sorry, we all have jobs. (laughs) But we try to like put it on put it on the Instagram and say, hey, did you see this cool project that this woman did? Did you see this cool FKT so and so set? Um, And Beyond that, we really would like to make sure we're bringing new women in wherever they might be. So again, if if you're new and you reach out to us and you just tell us, you know, I'm I'm from I'm from Utah and I just want somebody to know that I ran my first FKT. That's great. We'll 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 count you. We'll cheer for you. You know, that's awesome. Um, we actually do have, I guess, a, you call it partner effort starting up um, in the New York area. Bethany Gerritsen has said, hey, I, I think this is a great effort and I want to take on a, a group of women. Anybody in the New York area, reach out to her. I think it's Bethany Climbs, Bethany.Climbs on Instagram, something like that. But reach out to her and, and she'd be happy to hear about what you're doing and bring you into her group. Um, and then we are also trying to be aware that you know, I'm a white woman. Uh, four of our five leaders in the group are of also white women, and we have one woman of color. And we don't want to 
ignore the fact that trail running is a pretty white sport. Um, so we would like to encourage any woman from an underrepresented group to, you know, let us know so we can brag about you as well, whether it's a first step KT or a 40th. <laughs> um, so those are uh, those are the goals that we set up is, is we've got a goal around number of new women, number of women from underrepresented groups. Um, and then, um, you know, also this June 4th and 5th goal. So those are those are the goals that we're working towards. Um, the goals haven't evolved too much, really, since we started the project um, yet. I don't know. Early we days. Are pretty Early days, we are Marta. We're a pretty informal group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Huh. Um, yeah. I want to back up for a second and really zoom out. Why do you think that women and people of color are underrepresented in the running community. Maybe we want to zero in on the ultra community. What are your thoughts on that? That's always a tough question to ask. And I don't want to go, I, I don't want to go too far beyond my comfort level because, you know, like I'm not a sociological researcher um, and not being a person of color myself, I definitely don't want to speak for anybody else. Um, but I do feel that um, it it can be hard to be welcomed sometimes. You know, if you walk into a group and it's and it's all dudes, or you walk into a group and it's all white people, then sometimes you say, "Hey, am I represented here?" And so we would like to, as much as possible, make it make a dent in that by saying, "Hey." Um, see if any of these people look like you that that you feel like hey maybe there is a little bit of a place for me um i've definitely noticed that we've been getting a lot of tags on um that we've been seeing on instagram from women who fkt that don't necessarily seem to be involved with our group they're just tagging us on their fkt efforts i noticed there's somebody on the isle of sky hmm. in great britain that she's like tagging women who fkt and I don't feel like I'm seeing that through the normal, like fastest known time hashtag. Like I feel like that, that fastest known time feels a little bit intimidating. And, and I'm hopeful that the, you know, by having a group that you're like, okay, this is a group that I can identify with. Then, then that will welcome more people in by feet, by seeing that they have a place there. Hmm. So. Hmm. One of the things I did want to ask you about, um, you may have heard recently the website, fastest known time had an ownership change. And um, I was actually, I mentioned you, I'd had Jason Hardrath on the podcast recently, and he and I actually talked for about an hour, um, about a week ago, just about that and some of his thoughts and questions and concerns. And we were um, thinking through just what this might mean. And I, I wanted to ask you if you have thoughts about this, um, concerns or the rest? Yeah, overall, um, I am a little bit concerned. I feel like the the FKT community and, you know, I'm really relatively new to the FKT community, but I do feel like um, it had a very free-flowing spirit and it really encouraged creativity in a way that, you know, just going to a race doesn't. And so I really hope that that is something that ends up being preserved through this. You know, I, I know we need to have some kind of gatekeepers or FKTs would turn into Strava, but you also don't want the gatekeepers to be so strict that, you know, somebody that has an idea that they're a little bit 
cautious about. You want them to feel safe reaching out and say, hey, what do you think about this new root idea? That is my biggest concern is that the creativity is preserved. I'm also feeling really glad that we formed this, you know, loose group before that sale happened because I do feel like women have been underrepresented in ultra running generally um, and in FKT specifically. And so kind of already having an organization that that has a bunch of women who might have opinions and ideas, um, I feel like that puts us in a stronger position, even if this project doesn't continue. It's kind of coalesced and it's, it's a place that we can use our voice. Um, so I, I'm really grateful <laughs> that that happened right after mm -hmm. we'd formed our group and people were kind of already talking about it. Where are the best places for people go to learn more about women who FKT um, in terms of on social or the website? Um, I, I love what you're doing here and want to just make sure people now know uh, where to learn more. Well, one place you can go, if you just Google, go to Google and say women who FKT will show up, you know, within the first couple of searches of that. Um, the, our website is um, on Dana Katz's, one of the coaches who's a leader in our group. Uh, her website has a couple of pages within it that are devoted to this project. So that's a good place to learn about what we're doing next. There's a contact form on that website and you can sign up for our mailing list that goes out about once a month. And one of the things we have on that site is I put together a list of every FKT that I could find in Washington and Oregon that doesn't have a woman's time. So you can go through there and you can start looking at that. And if you're in the, the area, you can certainly see if there's anything there that appeals to you. I highly recommend that. Um, the other thing is uh, if you look for us on Instagram, Women Who FKT, you can see what we've been up to. You can see some of the some of the statistics that we've been coming out with, some of the FKTs that have happened um, through our group there. Excellent. Well, Marta, thanks for coming on and talking a bit more about, you know, where this idea has started and how it's kind of evolved already. And I kind of have a hunch that evolution is going to only speed up. I, I'm really hoping so. I've actually heard about a couple of first-time FKT setters just in the last uh, couple of weeks that are just approved and have and, and are still waiting for approval that we're, we're really excited to be bragging about in our next newsletter and, and on Instagram very soon. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, Hey, all the best. This is really exciting and cool. And uh, we'll enjoy watching this thing continue to grow and evolve and the like. And so, um, and I love that you keep using the word bragging. You're like, come on, be a part of this. We want to brag about you. I love that. That's That seems well, perfect. Well, yeah, I do think you were asking earlier about, about why aren't women involved. And there are a couple of places it's interesting. We, we've had to tell people to make sure you check Strava because there are some routes that don't have a time recorded on the FKT website, but do have Strava segments. Huh. And so sometimes I feel like it's somebody being like, well, I can do better. So even though I'm the you know queen of the mountain on this stretch, I, I, I don't need to submit it. And I'm like, no, you should submit it. Just submit it so that we have something out there so that hmm. people can can give, have something to shoot for. Hmm. So, yeah. And I love the whole group dynamic here where you have said multiple times now like hey come on be a part of this put out a 
potentially fast time, right? And that it, it really is not just about like, well, I'm going to hold that record. It's like, no, it's I want to do my part in laying the groundwork and this is a thing and now we're going to celebrate the next person who maybe can best that time and the like. And um, But I, I like very much, again, I think coming back to you know, perhaps my mistaken view of thinking of FKTs as a kind of solitary pursuit. I think what you've described here and are laying out really um, flips that script and does bring this in to make it a truly kind of communal thing. And I think that that just seems frankly, just a lot more interesting to me than merely being like, I'm the person I set this. This is kind of about me right now. And I think the way you're laying this out has a pretty different, um, a pretty different, not just vibe, but an entire um, program behind it to maybe move it away from just an emphasis on the individual and make it a kind of thing that an entire group will be able to celebrate together. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on putting together a new route with, um, with one of our soon-to-be first-time FKT setters. Um, and when we were in the car on the way back the other day, she mentioned, she's like, it's interesting because when I first heard of these, I was like, I can't set one because I'm not fast. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I, I had to think about it and realize fastest known time doesn't actually always objectively mean fast. And then also to your point of like, you don't set the time and, and it doesn't stay there. Um, just this winter, um, I think Jar Jason Hardrath had the around around Crater Lake in winter FKT for like a week before somebody else went out there and broke it. And he is objectively fast, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, anytime you put a time out there, it's an invitation to somebody else. And so, you know, it, even if you don't feel like you're that fast, if you're the first person who sets a time up, you're actually just starting a conversation with other women or other men or other runners in the future. Yeah. Well, hey, all the best to you and your team, and uh, we wish you much success. Thank you. Yeah, have a good evening. Thank you, you too. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Off the Couch. I want to say thanks to Marta for the conversation. And if you are enjoying these Off the Couch conversations, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. That will just help us keep this whole Off the Couch thing going and growing. Now, I also want to, of course, say thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. Please keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week.